Are you driven by a passion to discover your divine destiny, ready to discover your purpose, and fulfill your God-given potential? You can at the Kingdom Church at Philadelphia in West Oak Lane Sundays at 9 a.m. Rediscover the kingdom and discover your purpose, identity, and divine destiny. For more information, call 267-357-9816. The kingdom of God is now eternal, and it's your time. Don't miss your moment. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. God will supply your needs. See you this Sunday at the Kingdom Church at Philadelphia in West Oak Lane at 9 a.m. The Kingdom Church at Philadelphia, 6101 Lime Kiln Pike at Church Lane. Call 267-357-9816. This message paid for by the faithful supporters of Kingdom Vision Ministries International. Listen daily to www.247kingdomradio.com where Jesus is Savior, Lord, Owner, Master, and King. Hallelujah. <laughs> so the best thing they can do is start a <laughs> The best thing they can do is rush. <laughs> and 
talking from the Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> the transporter room. Yeah. Death, the old man of death. 
when it was a picture. Jesus was that sacrificial lamb, right? He was that lamb without spot. He was that lamb without wrinkle, without blemish, without wrinkle. And so he was the picture of living life spotless. And that's why we have to study Jesus. That's why when we got born again, the first place they should have took us is not to the, the laws and bylaws of that particular ministry, but back to Jesus. We're going to go, we're going to go there with Sister Ophelia here coming up in the new year. Yes, sir. So, well, when, when Jesus said, one of the words that Yes. 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 He restored through Jesus' sacrifice. He restored power back. Can I offer a piece? Yes, sir. And it is not that he destroyed the sin nature. I, I want to be very clear. Sure. Every one of you will always have the capacity to sin. So he doesn't destroy the sin nature. It's within you to sin. You're going to sin in the next 10 minutes if, 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 if you know, you don't yield to the Holy Spirit. So the nature is always there. But the, but the new man has a greater power than your old nature. So he destroys the nature of sin in that it loses its power. But his power can revive if I'm not submitted to him. Yes. And this is why the Lord says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yes, sir. And Paul also said, cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, watch this, into the obedience of Christ. Yes. Yes. So, so, so there's no good thing that dwelleth in me. But it's that unclean thing that is there that the enemy is always trying to revive. Yes. And so Paul doesn't just say, Therefore, now there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. But he says, who walk after Because in your flesh is the capacity to live out an old nature that is supposed to be dead. Mm -hmm. This goes back to what you were saying earlier. When those thoughts come into your head, where are they coming from? Yes. Are they coming from God or are they coming from the devil? Yes. They're going to spirit. Yes. Come on. And if it's not coming from God, it's coming from the devil. Yes. And there is no way that God will tempt you to do wrong. Amen. Amen. Ah. See how simple so, that is? That, that's very simple. <laughs> and that's also goes back to what you were saying before. You want God to
I was taught you got to love God when things are working. You got to love God when things aren't working. I was taught he's with you when things are working. He's with you when things aren't working. He's with you when you have a bunch of money in the bank. He's with you when you don't have no money in the bank. He's with you when you got a new job. He's with you when you have no job. He is always with you at all times. And I like to say this, whatever's not happening on the scene, he's always behind the scenes, working out things for you, no matter what it is that you're going through. So you may not look like, I just heard this, you may not look like what the finish is. But if you'll function from the finished place, you'll experience freedom in the process. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God does not always know what you will do. He knows what he wants you to do. Yep. But he's given you a choice. Yes. Hoping that you will mm-hmm. do the right thing, yes. but it's still your choice. Yes. And he doesn't know until you do Until you make that choice. Now, that messes with theology because theology says God knows your thoughts are far off. But what he don't know is what choice he's going to make. <laughs> it goes back to free will. But free will is a manifestation of the greatness of God's love towards you. Free will is a manifestation of the greatness of God's love towards you. He loves you so much he didn't want robots. But he did want people in his image and likeness. Who would make, watch how I said this, who would make the same choices he makes. <laughs> you got to be able to tell what the Holy Spirit is doing, and you abide in that place where He is. <laughs> Hallelujah. Which which reminds me, from this Sunday after, bring the young men or whomever come with you. Bring them in. Let them sit back there. Let them sit through this, because we don't know how open their spirits are to be able to embrace concepts that we would think would be above them, that the enemy would actually want to keep them outside of. So so let them sit right there until that is time that you make your next move. Good. And, yeah, and they can't play games while they're sitting. What's Yeah, I just mentioned that. Can I argue that 
some stories feature an event that aren't necessarily featuring a some stories feature an event a, a specific thing that took place but even though the story is featuring an event it's not really speaking to the entirety of the counsel of the Lord and this is why you can't take an event and say that that event speaks to the whole of the council. Yes. For instance, Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, the things that are happening to you, they ain't going to happen. And what did Jesus say to Peter? Get thee hence, for thou art an offense to me. For thou savorest the things that be of man and not the things that are of God. What was he saying? What, what what was he saying to Peter? He was saying, I'm not even talking to you, Peter. But I'm talking to Satan who's using you. You see what I mean? And so we can't take any one story and say that's the whole of the counsel of God. We've got to understand that there's a whole counsel that he requires us to discover as we make sure, and I'm saying all of this on purpose, as we make sure that we don't reject one word of God. You see what I mean? Never be those that cherry pick verses. And I'm not saying anybody here is doing that. But never be those that cherry pick verses because you'll miss the verse you need for your deliverance. That's just the way it is. So, So he knows your thoughts. Here's another example to go along with what Tony suggested. Here's another example. The children of Israel, he said he fed them in the wilderness. He said he, he delivered them from the Egyptians. And all the while he was taking care of them, he was doing it to see whether they would obey him or not. So he was doing it to prove them. Well, he's supposed to already know they wouldn't obey. Nope. He knows your thoughts. He doesn't always know your decisions. He doesn't always know your choices. So he gives you every opportunity to be able to choose him over anything else you would otherwise choose. This is why Paul says you got to cast down imagination. This is why he says you got to make every thought captive. And, and he said, to the obedience of Christ, my goodness. So, so that means my thoughts are independent of Christ, and they have to be brought into the obedience of Christ. When, when I rebelled and went, went backslidden, it reminded me of the song from The Temptation. Just my imagination running away with me. It was just my imagination. That was me. I let my imagine. Now, I was preaching. Uh, I'm going to stop in a second. I was preaching. I was teaching. I was serving. I was doing all the church stuff, and my faith was way out there, believing God for this and believing God for that, believing God for this, and God wasn't doing it. And so hope deferred made the heart sick. And it became a door for the enemy to dictate to my thinking. And when I came into agreement with the enemy, 
The enemy took me through my imagination where he wanted me to be. And so for that period of time, and I always say this, your failure to obey can mean the failure of many. Because there were people who were listening to me, people who were following me, people who were watching me, people who were paying attention to the things that I was saying. And so when I allowed the enemy to take me down, I don't know how many people were watching and following and looking at my consistency. And then when I fell, they said, oh, ain't nothing to this thing. If, if he fell, ain't nothing to this thing. And so the, the failure of your obedience can mean the failure of many. But your obedience also can mean the success of many. And this is why you got to be like Jesus who said, I sanctified myself. For what purpose? That those that would follow him would be able to see the same glory. And so, so if you want good reason for living right, think about the people who live right because of it. Everybody that's around us. Yeah. Is it something before we shut this portion down? Um, I, I see, Sister Rose, uh, that I wanted to deal with this talk about in Isaiah 55. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Yeah. I, I want to deal with that real quick. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and read it and look it up at another time. I'm going to start at verse number 6, Isaiah 55 and 6. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. We're talking about reading things and understanding things in context. Earlier, we were talking about our identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Earlier, we were talking about our reality is we are new creatures in Christ. Our reality is we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Our reality are, is that we are made in the righteousness and true holiness, that we live in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus now. So let's deal with who Jesus, who the Lord was talking to over in Isaiah Chapter 55, where the Lord is going to give you an instant down or just like that. Go for it. Call ye upon him while he is near. Yes. Let the wicked, oh. let the wicked forsake, forsake his, his way. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts. Oh. And then we're trying to the Lord, he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts.
And his strength is made perfect in weakness. Come on. See. Oh, man. Nobody wants no chastening. Yeah. That's another thing. We were never taught correction. We, we were never taught that God is a correcting God that chastens whom he loves.
Come on, Saints, let's stop playing with this thing and start really believing it. Read the second half of Isaiah 61, and you're going to see that you've been anointed through the message of Jesus to now receive the double. We, we're supposed to be living in the double, not some preacher's hype about prosperity. No, we're supposed to have the mentality that he so abundantly pardoned us that we are now living in the double, and we've become trees of righteousness. And those that the Lord leads us to, those that are of us, they're the very ones that, that, that will call you priests and ministers of God, and you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. Part of being abundantly part. I don't want to be late, but I'm not here. Is this similar to what Joe went through when he went through the walls and everything? And on the outcome, he Yes. 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 Every story is really a type and shadow of the relationship with a man before Christ and man because of Christ. And man who rebels against Christ. Every story. Every story. So when you read the story of Job, he talks about the patience of Job. Well, when was Job's patience supposed to be expressed? In the midst of him having lost everything. And what what was the latter end? He had so much more than he lost. So, so in the midst of loss, you're supposed to not curse God. And that's what loss makes you want to do. It makes you want to curse God when you've experienced the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, the loss of a home, the loss of anything. You, you start eternalizing what you're experiencing, but forgetting who's with you in the experience. You see, you know, Job's wife said, curse God and die. His wife said, curse God and die. And Job said, no, hold up. I I know who God really is. And no matter what I'm losing, and we don't talk about Job's sickness. He he was sick, he was infirm, he was afflicted, he was full of boils and all this other kind of stuff. And he lost his family, and he lost his possessions, and all that stuff. So here you are sick, you're losing your possessions, there's the loss of your loved ones, and you still won't curse God. You see, you see, it, it reminds you. It reminds me of, me of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They, they said, even if he doesn't save me, I will yet serve him. That's a mentality, saying. But that mentality is the lifestyle of your kingdom citizenship. And they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Come on, say. They had genuine faith. Oh, yeah, because Hebrews 11 says they subdued kingdom with that kind of faith. And they didn't even have the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 
It goes to show you the love God has for us in spite of ourselves. Wow. It's all good, thank you. your affection on them. I guess what we're really saying this morning is there's a culture that's supposed to be lived that only comes about by your submission. And that which is in the vine becomes the fruit that comes out of your branches. But unless you're submitted to the vine, I'm going to tell you what you're submitted to. You're submitted to the idea of God, but you're not submitted to God. And, and I meet people all the time, even those claiming kingdom this and kingdom that, they don't have a clue about what it really means to be submitted to the culture. You have to be submitted to the word of God, and the fruit of the spirit will come out of your branches. Until you're submitted to the word of God, you're submitted to a theology because you have an ideology and it fits with your philosophy, your love of knowledge, but there's no real conversion. It's me- oh, you want it? It's mental offense. If, if, if I can't love you unconditionally, and I don't care if you live in 10 bucks too, but you're my brother, you're my sister in the Lord. If I can't love you unconditionally, then, then the love I claim to have is really only mental assent. And, and here's the one thing I knew the Lord wanted me to say. You have to be able to receive correction from whomever the Lord uses to bring it. I don't care who you are. How long you are on this planet, how old you are, how young you are, or how much you know, if you're unable to receive correction when correction comes, then you're actually missing the Holy Spirit that is trying to establish you in the fullness of the life that the Father sent Jesus to give you. There are no shortcuts. None. When when you're calling one another on the phone, 
and 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 if Sister Jones goes to correct you because you got a funky attitude, don't get mad with Sister Jones because she came to correct you. Repent, submit one to another, so that you can walk in the fullness of the truth. If you're having a problem, the Bible says confess your faults one to another and pray that you be healed. In other words, do the word for real. Do the word for real. And it's when you're doing the word for real that you experience the life of the word on the inside of you. And the more you're doing the word for real, the more you become the devil's worst nightmare. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for coming out this morning. Praise God. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. But but this this is church. This is church. You you learn the flow of the Holy Spirit. And you go the way the Holy Spirit is flowing. Hallelujah. We we should refuse to be Christians by tradition. And we should recognize that what God's purpose is is the only thing that really matters. Now, now let me bring this to you home personally. What is your interaction with one another? Well, what are your interactions with one another? Do you understand? Do you realize a part of pulling this, this speck out of your own eye so that you can take the beam out of your brother's eye is that you've learned how to have patience in possessing your own soul? Hallelujah. How, how do you think about your brother and sister? Are you only able to see... Where, where they failed you, or are you able to see where, like you, they too are growing? Come on, sir. Come on. Right there. How are you functioning with one another? Come on, sir. Uh, are, you, are you a critic? Are, a critter? <laughs> They're about the same. How how do you take judgment? Do you take offense at correction? In other words, will the real Christian please stand up? You you see? That where's the brokenness? The Lord said to me, we too, he said this to me this morning. He said to me, We too intelligent. That's why we're not broken. We, we go more about what we believe we know, but we're not transformed. Bible knowledge is 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 just that Bible knowledge, but it becomes mental assent. When was the last time you laid out before God and said, "Lord, is me"? I don't care who you are. I don't care what it's about. I don't care how much you know. When was the last time you went to the Lord and said, Lord, it's me? Now, now everybody else was wrong. But, Lord, I was wrong for my attitude about them being wrong. Did y'all catch that? <laughs> Do you see it? How am I handling things? 
how am I handling the people that are around me? Do, do I only look good when I get here? But I was hell at home. Did you see it? Have I learned to study to be quiet so I can hear the Lord's answer? Watch how I say this. So I can hear the Lord's answer over my own. The Lord has shown me a body of Christ that don't have a clue because it's chasing after the promises and not being submitted to the process. And it's scary. They flying in private jets and rolling in Rolls Royces and wearing Rolex watches and living in palatial estates. And God says, my pastors have failed me. Because they've not instructed you in how to live. Come on, say, not here. Not here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you would, could you stand to your feet? And uh, and we're going to have Brother Siafa come. And uh, anybody got a song? I'll go with that, except my light ain't little. <laughs> This light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Now, can you take the little off of there? Oh, yeah, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hallelujah. All in my house. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Nice and loud. All in my neighborhood, I'm going to let it shine. All in my neighborhood, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hallelujah. This little light of mine. I say little again. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a big light, and 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 Odie just said great light. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. What you got, Robert? Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna. Blessed be the rock. Hallelujah. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Oh, magnify the Lord. 
cannot wait to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have it now. Towards me, wisdom and prudence. 
he abounded towards me carefully in such a way. Let me know that, listen, this is nobody else, so don't get scooped out. But this is me showing up on the thing, letting you know. It is I who speak. Behold. God is real, and he wants to make himself real to you. Now, of course, you know, I'm speaking to Amen. Now, maybe the same things that you already know. But we got to recognize that God is real to us. He's making his word real to us. With the words that we read, is no longer words on a page. But the word of God comes to life. Amen. The word of God comes to life. And it comes to life in us. Hallelujah. So, and y'all think y'all slick. I'm going to tell y'all why. I looked at the town, huh? I'll give me a little bit of time, huh? Okay. <laughs> Glory to God. In Matthew chapter 21, I'm going to start off with verse. Is everybody in that chapter already? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I can take my time because things was already said. Hallelujah. Let's start off with verse. Make sure I get the right scripture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, I was just all in this chapter, and God was speaking to me even through the week because I know that I wasn't always doing what was right in God's sight. And one of the issues, and mind you, I'm coming from a place where I've been preaching, I've been ministering, you know, so I recognize that even at a young age, God would use me. There was that brokenness, there was that teachableness, there was that being led of the Holy Spirit. There was that being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. All of that was there. The reality of the kingdom message also blessed me because now it was in a time in my life where something took place where I could have went all the way up. But the message, the word of the king and his kingdom was like that anchor in my life. There's somebody that could have been here, but because of my wrongdoing, let's be honest, there are things that we did in our life that people have used and seen or witnessed, whatever the case may be, and they decided based off of what they've seen from you, they said, I'm done, let's step on back. 
I'm not beating myself up. But I do got to beat this flesh into subjection. Obedience you know, to Christ, right? And then at the same time, I have to recognize how serious it is that the decision that we make is not independent. Every decision that we make is connected to those who are around you. Everyone. Everything that is done in the dark comes to light. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. Because that mercy allowed me to continue to move forward regardless of what I did in the past. However, there is the consequence that remains. Unless God have another way, which is always the case. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we actually think. So there is a way that God can bring those that you have impacted wrongly to bring them on back. They might not trust you, but they can always trust God. We're not the ones that people need to be focused on and make the decision based off of. God is. Our responsibility is to help people to see God. That's our responsibility. Not for people to see us, but to see him who live in us. Both the willing to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's important for us to carry our cross. It's important for us to be broken. It's important for us to walk in the humility. All these things are important. And it's important for us to pay attention to who is watching. Or let me say it like this, because you may not see the people watching. You make sure that you are carrying yourself You are now who God has recreated you to be. Right now. Right now. It's not something that we're going to. We are already. That's where we live from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You keep on saying kingdom reality. Now just had all the flashbacks of all the time teaching on the radio broadcast. How God put it in my heart to help people to see that this thing is real. That who God has made us to be is not something that we have to wait to go to heaven to become. But we became when we became born again. Is in you. 
that person's nature is in you. Yeah. Everything about that person that birthed you is now in you yeah. and is now who you are. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So we are there. Um, so in order for us to be who we are now, we have to change the thing, right? We have to be broken, right? Let's start off with verse 27. And we're going to go through this whole, the rest of this chapter. With a little bit of time, God. Now, I don't think I would take too much time unless the Holy Spirit is even took. Verse 27 says, And they answered Jesus and said, We cannot tell. And he said unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. Now, we'll go to the next verse. But you remember, this is the time where they challenged Jesus. They challenged Jesus' authority. They challenged Jesus' position. Jesus, there was a time when Jesus went inside the temple and he was turning over the tables of the money changers. They were selling stuff in there in the temple of God, which was forbidden. But what gave them the audacity? What gave them that boldness to go inside the temple to sell uh, different things? Where that place, that temple was supposed to be a house of prayer. So Jesus, out of that righteous anger, that righteous indignation turned those tables over. And the Pharisees got pissed. They're like, wait a minute. Who are you? Who give you the authority to do these things? And Jesus asked them a question. I'm paraphrasing in this text. All right. The baptism of John, was that of God or was that of men? So they, you know, talking among themselves, talking about the Pharisees. Um, if we say that uh, it's of God, then he would say, then why do you not? Why do you not believe me? Right? Somewhere along that line. But the main point is this that I'm getting to is that Jesus said, "Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things." But verse 28 is really where I wanted to start. At. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I would not, but afterward he repented and went. See, this is very important. All right, let me read on. And he came to the second and said, Likewise, and he answered and said, I'll go, sir. He didn't go. He said he was going to go, but he didn't do it. Rather, whether of them trying did the will of his father, Jesus asked him. They say unto him, 
the first, Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the herolots go into the kingdom of God before you. Let me stretch it out some more. There are those who are simply, you know, called sinners, right? Those who are prostitutes, those who do unjust things in the uh, uh, political system, right? Those who run the street, those who game bang, those who have businesses, but they do white collar crime, whatever the case may be. Jesus is saying that, and I just said a few, Jesus is saying that there will be those that people would not even expect to come into the kingdom. People would not even expect to receive the kingdom of God. And they would enter before those who look like they're supposed to have it. The Pharisees were those who studied the Old Testament. The Pharisees were supposed to be those, based off of their position, they were supposed to be those who was waiting for Christ to come. But when Christ showed up, they act like they don't know. They act like, no, this, this is not who, who we're looking for. That's not him. He, he's a, a carpenter's son. They judge him based off of his family. They they identify him based off of the family that he had. You know, his father, Joseph, was, was a carpenter. And the thing about their culture is that whatever the father was doing, the son come into to learn the same so Jesus said, Verily I say unto you that the publican and the herolog go into the kingdom of God before you. Why is that? Not because God is saying, Oh, uh, I'm not looking to change nobody. You know, anybody can come in. I just don't like the Pharisees. It's not. But God is saying, listen, when somebody repents and they're willing to come out of me, there's no condemnation. I'm not here trying to get to condemn you. The world is already condemned. I'm not here trying to condemn you. I'm here trying to give you the opportunity so you can come in, find out your true identity. So you can come in. Find out the reason why I made you in the first place. Find out why you're still alive today. I'm keeping you alive for a reason. So that you can have the opportunity to make the decision to repent, turn from your wicked ways, and come back to me. So I can show you how great you really are. I made you in my image according to my likeness. This is what the Father is saying. However, in order to show the reality of what that looked like, you have to come back to me. I remember, you know, uh, me living a street life. I 
just fit in in the streets. It didn't look like I could do good at school. So let me go this direction. But right in the midst of whatever I was doing, God spoke to me. And he basically said this to me. If you really want to know who you are, you got to come back to me. I'm the one who made you. Not your mom, not your dad. Yes, we got together, but still, they don't know the purpose that I created you for. Mm-hmm. I do. I purpose for you to be here. You're not an accident. You are on purpose. However, you will not find out the purpose if you don't come to me. And if you don't come to me, you will continue to think that you're just an accident. Well, my mom and dad is not together no more. Generally speaking, I'm creating this scenario. Oh, mommy and daddy's not together no more. They they, they don't love each other. So how, how can I be a, a son or a daughter of a, a, a issue of a relationship where they just got together only for to get busy? I, I gotta be a mistake. They don't love each other no more. They're not even talking. God is saying, listen, there could be illegitimate, uh, illegitimate parents, but not children. Every child is born on purpose. Every child. Everyone. Never allow that thought to sink in your head or into your heart to have you to think that you are an accident, you are not on purpose. Listen, God created you for a reason. And one of the major reasons is for us to come back into the kingdom of God where we will find out our true identity. The other thing that God was showing me in the text is this, brokenness. Who is broken? Brokenness is not some type of negative term. Brokenness is not talking about um, you're not being able to function right. It's actually the complete opposite. That you being broken actually is highlight that you are able to function at your best. You being broken highlights that you are able to function at your best. Because when it comes to the reality of, of this relationship that we have with Daddy, I call God Daddy, by the way. Amen. He is Daddy. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. This relationship that we have with Daddy, we have to be broken. It doesn't mean that we are not able to function. It actually means that we are flexible, that we are teachable, and that we have a strong desire for righteousness' sake, that we refuse to allow this Bible to only be words on the page. We got to have the attitude that we refuse to allow this Bible, the words in this book, be only words on the page. We got to have this strong desire 
for change, transformation. We got to have this strong desire that we're going to live this reality because this word is not just words on the book, in the book. It's not just words on the page. Make it your business that the word of God become your personality. Make it your business that the word of God become your ways, your attitudes. Make it your business that the word of God becomes your thoughts, your intent, your lifestyle, your deeds. Because that's what daddy really wants. Mm -hmm. Verse 32 For John came into Unto you In the way of righteousness And ye believe him not Now this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees Who were the Pharisees The religious leaders Right Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees And he was saying to them John came in the way of righteousness, and you really didn't believe him. What is this way of righteousness that John was walking in? What did John preach? Yes, we know that John preached that the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? We know that. And then at the same time, John also preached the baptism of repentance. The baptism of repentance is to highlight a, a transition from their works to newness of life. Yes, sir. Old ways of thinking and repentance and, and coming to a place where we're going to receive higher things. Right? Repent. Change our things, change our ways. Turn from our wicked ways. We just seen a, a scripture in Isaiah chapter 55. In Isaiah chapter 55, where God was speaking about how there are those that the wicked, He wanted the wicked to turn from their ways, to turn from their thoughts. Because those thoughts of the wicked, those thoughts of the unrighteous is not the thoughts of God. But he don't want them to say that. Right. Listen, listen. He's saying, I'll go back to say what I said before. He's saying, even though you walked in a life of wickedness, even though you you thought the way how you thought, your your thoughts is not my thoughts, your ways are not my ways, because the thoughts and ways that you have was misleading towards destruction. Creating havoc. Only you thinking about yourself, you're not thinking about other people. Mm-hmm. Only you wanting to do what you want to do, preserve your own kind of life. We're going to get to this all in effect. The Holy Spirit just told me to stay right here. You, you, you want to preserve your life? You want to save your life? No. Not realizing that that type of Wisdom is earthly. That type of wisdom is devilish because you're trying to you're trying to preserve 
something only for yourself, and that shows a sign that a person is not broken. You're trying to preserve for yourself. God is saying, turn from those type of ways, turn from those type of things. Because his life is not independent of those around him. Yes, we have our privacy from time to time. But our life is not independent from those around us. It goes back to the decision that we made. That's where that idea comes from, thinking that, oh, yeah, I can do what I want to do. It's my business. That's a wrong attitude. That's not a childlike attitude. That's actually a devilish attitude. It's an attitude that tries to have you to do whatever you want to do, think however you want to think, play how you, however you want to play, Say what you want to say, however you want to say to whoever you're speaking to, with no kind of regard to God or the people that you're speaking to whatsoever. Because the mindset is only, oh, I just want to preserve my life. I want to do what I want to do. I want to do the things that make me feel good. I don't really care about what y'all say. I'll smile in your face, though. <laughs> I, and it's funny because maybe people think that about me. They see me smiling all the time. They probably, they probably be like, nah, he's, he's faking it. <laughs> we put, it, we put it a, a max on. Now, I'm not saying I did, but like, you know, when I'm out and about, they see me smiling. I'm like, oh, here comes smiling. I remember walking down um, <laughs> walking down my uh, street, and this lady already gave me a name. She's like, hey, smiley. I'm like, smiley. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, but God don't want us to live a life independently, away from God and away from people. We're supposed to be a village. We're supposed to be a nation of kingly priests. We can't allow our decisions to be decisions that is only for us based on just trying to fulfill our fleshly desires and have a disregard for the brothers in Christ. We shared, Brother Anthony, uh, Pastor Anthony shared this last week, and we're sharing it again today. The decision that we make is directly connected to those who are connected to us. If one person is in the camp, it impacts everyone else. This thing is so serious. Listen, I, I, I was tearing up. Real talk. I was tearing up. Because it's so sensitive how your decision can impact those that you love. Your decision. If we have an attitude that says, well, my decision is my business, it's not your business, now you're just trying to, trying to separate from the flock. You're trying to separate from the village that God has ordained. 
We don't have to do that. We can learn how to be a village. We can learn how to be a, a, a kingdom of na- a, a nation of kingly priests. Yeah. We can learn how to be the people of God that love God with the totality of our being and love our brethren that the people in the world can be able to see that, oh, yeah, they feel about this. Right. And if they feel about this, allowing this word of God to be their reality, God is with them. We're going to check them out. Let me let me let me get closer to see more of this. Maybe it's something that I'm missing. How come they, they the way how they love one another? This this agreement that they have, but the way how they still love one another, and then they still come to a place of agreement. Yeah. They still hold on to that unity. Let me go check them out. We are supposed to actually draw people to Christ through the love that we have towards one another. Amen. Amen. That's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are supposed to draw people to Christ through the love that we have for one another. Yes. Come on. It's a learning process. But as we continue, as we continue, hallelujah, and we practice, we get more better, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, Jay, you want to say something? Oh, yeah, what I was definitely saying is that they were actually looking for their Yes, sir. 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 Y
here go the principle. The principle is this. You and me, as we die, because we got to carry our So as we die to the flesh, what we are actually doing is exercising a principle where there are more people that comes up and, and learn how to be sons and daughters of God or become sons and daughters of God because of your obedience. There are times in my life, born again, that I walked in disobedience that may have caused the disobedience of others. However, to God be the glory that I'm here and that the obedience that I now can walk in can revenge the disobedience, I'm thinking about the scriptures, that everything that I have did wrong, my obedience with consistency yes, sir. can overthrow whatever that took place when I was walking in disobedience. So there's still a lively hope. There's still a lively hope.
and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. In other words, you see that there are those who are sinners. Right. They repented. And you still don't believe? Sometimes I think about it like this. I got family. They, they know the life that I was living. They know the kind of position I was in. So I'll be thinking to myself, I'm like, well, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, even though I messed up in certain areas, but I'm still here. I'm still moving forward. I'm pushing. I'm pressing to the mark of the high calling of God. You still don't believe? And they could be, they could actually maybe be watching more and more to see if this is really real with consistency. How is it going to look when you get older or when you get into a relationship or whatever the case may be? But however, my family may be looking at me. And I know they love me, you know, and they were, you know, supporting friends, different ones that grew up with me. But it is interesting that when you see somebody who was a heathen, when you see somebody that you know, I was doing all, I was right next to you. We went to the club. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I was there. And you see what happened to me? Don't, it's not the suit. It's not the suit. I got suits in my, my closet. I ain't wearing suits in a long time. And it was in my heart to wear suits today. But it's not the suit. The change is not by oh now uh see so I'm wearing suits now. <laughs> right? It is not the suit. It's, it's it's how you respond to the situation. It's your character it's the character that you have.
the, the day that, that the scripture is talking about is actually talking about the day that Jesus wow. resurrected. Wow. This is the day that the Lord has made. Yes, Let us rejoice and be glad. <laughs> yes, because there was a king who died to save a people and he resurrected on the third day. Yes, sir. This is the day. Yes, sir. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and that day impacts every day of our life. Amen. Yes. That's why we can walk and say, This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad. And be glad. Yes. Amen. 
Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you. Why? Because you're not bearing the fruits of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. What are the fruits of the kingdom? The fruits of the kingdom say you have a spirit. Oh, yeah, God is hot. <laughs> I just heard him uh, remind me of this text. The fruits of the kingdom is not based off a of dietary law. The fruits of the kingdom is not based off of tradition. tradition. Or even the tradition that God allowed and it was used for the time being or that he even declared. But now we're in the time where God is looking for us to be led by the spirit and not by the the letter of the law. Yes, sir. Come on, man. The fruits of the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you are not bearing this kingdom, if you're not bearing the fruits of this kingdom, God can take the kingdom away from you. Oh, my. We'll be like this big tree. Jesus wanted something to eat. He went to to that fig tree, and he seen the fig tree, and I'm like, oh, it looks like it's a different tree. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, hold up. Hold up. No fruits. Yeah. Let it it dry from the fruit. You will not bear fruit no more from this day forward. Thank God that don't have to be us. It can now be the trees of righteousness planted by the river so that we can bear the fruits that God is looking for. Yes, sir. So when he comes to reap, uh-huh. <laughs> when he comes to reap, he can get that juice. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are, repeat after me, we are, we are those who bear fruits.
man. Brokenness is so 
that the church needs to hold on to daily. Because if the brokenness is not there, we can end up having so much knowledge. We can end up having so much doctrine. I mean, we can preach up a storm and you will know that God is speaking. But behind closed doors, we can't live or we preach. Come on. Wow. And then behind closed doors, God is trying to deal with us. Yeah. Until we get to the point where God exposes us openly. Yeah. I mean, I looked at myself. I said, wait, this is supposed to be a broken. I know I'm broken. I know I'm broken. I I didn't come all the way to this place without brokenness. So what happened? Somehow the enemy can try to bring on you a delusion. Whereas you have yourself thinking that you're not who you really are. You forget what you look like in the mirror. So you you hear the word, but you forgot that you can actually do the work. You can you you heard the word, but you forgot that you can actually do the word. Because you are that word. You are that word walking. Yes. Yes, sir. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how we live the reality. Amen. Oh, we don't have to worry about what people think. Because there'll be those who would think that, oh, you think I'm you better than me. Come on. No, that's not the case. But I am not gonna to try to minimize myself so you can feel better around. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh my goodness. Yes, sir. I'm going to be who God called me to be. Yes. Because this is the life that I died for. Yeah, God. Yeah, God. This is the life that, that when God says, you don't even know who you are unless you come back to me. I'm like, you know what, God? I really don't know who I am. I look, I look to my parents. I look to my, my, my cousins. I look to my friends. Come on, I look come to, on. to the things, the, uh, the lifestyle that I live. It looks like I fit in. Mm-hmm. But I don't have the right to say that I created myself. Come on. That whatever I say goes. Come on. with identity. Yeah. God is the one who purpose for me to be here. Yeah. He knew me before I was shaped in my mother's womb. Yes, and he separated me from my mother's womb and chose me for this ministry. Yeah. I can't deny it. Come on. I can't deny it. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, I'm saying all of this, you know, when I'm by myself in the car going back. Uh-huh. Yeah. I got to continue to remind myself. Yeah. I can't deny this reality. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just sharing what Daddy gave to me to share. Yeah. But I still got to be about this life. Yeah. And it starts off with us. Yeah, it starts off with us remembering 
what we look like, and remember that we are able to live this verse. Yes, sir. Yeah. Amen. Make the word of God your personality. In Jesus' name. God bless you Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, hallelujah. I thank you, Lord God, for the word that went out. I thank you, Lord God, for each and every one that spoke up, even during the, the, the early class this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for helping us to be the church without man-made religion, without man-made uh, uh, fashion. Thank you, Lord God, for helping us to be that church that Christ has established. Yes. Hallelujah. As we go forth, help us to be reminded to be broken. Help us to be to be reminded that when we're broken, we can function at our best. That we can love in the midst of persecution. Yes, sir. That we can love when we're being mistreated. Yes. That we can be teachable enough to receive correction. That we can be able to repent quicker than you get in the news. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we will have such a joy for this newness of life that you have given to us. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I declare and decree that we will yes. be who we already are yes. now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are the head and not the tongue, above and not beneath. All that Jesus is, so are we in the earth. In the name of Jesus. We are kings, queens. We are royal rulers and traitors. We are ambassadors for Christ Jesus. We are walking signs of the kingdom of God present now. Yes, yes. We are the evidence of the kingdom of God present now. Yes. Hallelujah. Daddy, we bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
I mean, you know, we come up and we weed out and things of that nature, but really this is supposed to be a, a Holy Spirit man thing. Hallelujah. It's what God wants to do. This is his program. This is his show. And I'm telling you, and he's moving us there. Are y'all sensing the shift? Are y'all sensing the shift here? Are y'all sensing the difference? And I'm telling you, we're getting ready to launch here on on the 31st. We're going to be here in service about 7.30 p.m. till (laughs) 10-ish.
train that pretended to be our devil of what Adam had. He was the second Adam, right? Yeah. And the first Adam had that unbroken fellowship with the Father. Yeah. Was, there was never a time when Jesus was disconnected from the Father. But while he walked in high grace, he showed us the example. He said, Father, as the people are, I think that you're always here. Yes, sir. Because there was an unbroken fellowship. Because he always, always prepared himself. Yes, we shouldn't have to be trying to search for something. Because when the situations and circumstances show up, there's supposed to be something already in our spirit that comes up to meet the challenge. That's right. We're on our way. Hallelujah. We're on our way. But did anybody else have anything to add, comments? Of something that they got out of it that they, they really want to share that's burning? <laughs> yeah. I give God the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. I like that. Amen. Y'all didn't catch that, Brother Robinson. Hey, God gives me, God, you know, when God blesses him, he gives God, he gives God the glory, and God gives him the joy. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He gives God the glory. Nobody, we're talking about how that, um, you know, when things come against us, you know, that our strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, when we're weak, we are strong. But then the power of God rests upon us. So when the power of God can rest upon us, in that we can rejoice. He says, so when I'm weak, I am strong. And so in that, we can rejoice. So we give God glory, and in the midst of that, he gives us joy. Because we know that we're not doing this on our, on our own strength. Right? We're not doing this on our own power. But we're doing this according to the will of God. You're going to raise those out because I can keep on going. You want to know
and so the manager you know has to take care of uh, the neighbors, the people you have to feed them. Um, you know, but uh, he doesn't know when his master master is coming back. And um, you know, in the same way, um, what we're going to remind us that we have to be aware that we're waiting, awaiting the time for that time. We won't, we won't come back and we won't be right. Oh, come on, and that's too easy to forget.